Covered in Glory is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. start to the year the premier league is going on this like staggered winter break that means we had half the teams last week we had half the teams this week we're like digging deep in the crates to try to find things to talk about but where you don't have to dig deep in the crates is you keeping your new year's resolution you said you would be december brett all year round you come out with a six to one banger with Cole Palmer scoring the first goal, nailed your city bets, had one of your best bet, uh, best weeks of this entire run of shows. So way to go. What do you have to say for yourself? Uh, I wanted to so badly go five for five after I started off super hot because I nailed that one. I nailed the Manchester City bets uh, and I just couldn't get Spurs. The the Spurs uh, to win in both the score would have been great. Obviously, they drew against United. If I would have hit that one, I think that was like plus three. 50 so three and a half to one i would have had a killer killer week to start the new year so december brett all year 2024 let's keep it rolling well let's see if we can find some resolutions for other teams to follow so we're gonna as i said we're gonna come into some games we have arsenal we have liverpool we're gonna actually cover the league cup something that we wouldn't normally do but uh is something that there are odds for and will happen before we take next week's show so we're getting that we'll do some study abroad but we did think it would be fun to talk a little bit about new year's resolutions not for ourselves you're already keeping up your end of the bargain but for clubs in the premier league the ones that we're talking about each and every week so since this was your idea this was your pitch i'm gonna go ahead and let you go first what club are you going to give a resolution to that you would like to see them to follow in 2024 well, I got a couple. Um, the the first one will will kind of lead into our past show where I complained about this when we were talking about managers. Um, I want Arsenal to play faster. I just want them to play faster, Toby. I want Arsenal in 2024 to win the ball back with a high press and start doing this thing called counterattacking. <laughs> I would love to see that. I would love to see Martinelli and Saka and Jesus and even your boy Havertz, who's great at exploiting space, then let them run into space, create space after your transitions, Arsenal. Do that for me. And then the other thing I'd like to see, um, I would actually like to see Liverpool buy a fullback. And this is your dream right here. This is what you want mm-hmm. your dream. But one of the things that you pine for, I would love to see Liverpool actually play a formation, um, whether it's buying a left back that's more conservative or a right back and moving Trent into the midfield. I would like to kind of see them balance themselves out a little bit more. Uh, Trent has been absolutely amazing kind of stepping into that like sort of deep six holding midfielder role. Um, But the thing I always worry about with Liverpool, and maybe this is what they want, maybe this is there is a lot of statistical evidence that shows that, you know, higher scoring games, the more chances favor the better teams in soccer. Um, But I would still like to see them kind of do the the city route of Pep last year, where they essentially played like three center backs and then pushed up Cancelo. Uh, Liverpool started to do that. But when Robertson was back and when Smekis was there, their other fullback, like even when Joe Gomez like came in one of the matches that um, Smekis was hurt, like, Gomez is like in the box on the from left back, and I just was like, no, 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 you're so close, Jurgen. Just let him stay back a little bit and push Trent way more into the forward line. You can do this. You're right there. Um, so I'd love to. I'd love to see that. Um, and also, Toby, this one's more for the FA. Uh, I want to see Everton get their points back. I don't know if that's a revolution as much as like a wish. But I think that would make the league so much more interesting if Everton got their points back to add another team in the contention for some of these European spots. Um, so I don't, that's more like a wish. I'm wishing here. Yeah. At this point. But well, that- I already got my wish, which was you would finally realize I was right about Liverpool after three years. And it seems like <laughs> I've already come true. So no, I technically didn't say I moved him from fullback. I just said do something to make them more solid defensively with the role he's playing. That's I all think- I said. I think you should talk to the producer, play that back, and see what you actually said because you talked about him as a deep lying six and maybe buying a right back to move him more into midfield. So you're not going to gaslight me. I just heard I'm going to Aaron Rodgers this with Jimmy Kimmel and just say, here's my sentence, Toby. I didn't mean any of that. 
Perfect. No, I, I was really hoping this year you would go full Aaron Rodgers on me. That's definitely the show. It's the never too early. We're pretty early in 2024. We never know how it's going to go. I, I might be able to stumble out of some conspiracy theories that even you've never heard of. I look forward to it. So I took the assignment uh, a little bit different direction. I Googled what are the most popular New Year's resolutions that people make, and then I assign them to clubs. So the number one most popular resolution that is made by people is improved fitness. And the improved fitness is clear and obvious. It has to be Chelsea. Like they're getting made fun of for buying 30 new players. But guess what? They have to to field 11 players (laughs) because 19 of them are constantly hurt. So the only way they can actually field a squad is to buy 3x the number of players necessary to get out there each and every weekend. And like this has to stop. And it's funny. I wrote this down this morning brett and this afternoon the uh the head physical guy at chelsea resigned uh so i feel like magic powers will this one into the universe a little bit but i don't know what it is i don't know if they are buying injury prone players i think the more likely um likely scenario is just everybody's more hurt because there's more games than ever there's less rest than ever there's just like the guys they're buying are highly desired players and highly desired players are usually run into the ground for club and country from whoever they're buying them from and then they just happen to be right past that expiration date as soon as they hit the uh hit stanford bridge and so perhaps this is going to be spread everywhere and we're just you know kind of a um victim of quantity because we market in quantity but i would love to see all of a sudden us having a full team to choose from and maybe be able to slow down on purchases because we don't need so much redundancy uh i like this i i think that you you having magic powers is what i i just want to be clear the thing I like is this idea that you can will things into the universe with what you say. So if you want to just go ahead and say, I think Brett should have millions of dollars appear in his bank account, that would be awesome. I want to just let's keep testing this newfound power that you have right here, Toby. Hey, max out the bets on your own picks and you can make it happen. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, uh, by the way, off air, I'm going to need to borrow some money from you. <laughs> we'll advance you some money. We'll see what happens. Uh, so. The second most popular resolution is improved finances. Uh, and this one to me is also clear. It's Manchester United. Like, I don't know what has happened to me. I don't know if I just become softy being a parent or just getting old or whatever, but I'm actually legitimately starting to feel bad for United fans. Like they've had to like deal with the Glaziers for so long here. They, you know, <laughs> kind of mirror the Yankees and the way they rise and fall, but it's been a while now, man. Like, like Spurs obviously have the worst run of, uh, of titles in the league. Like for somebody who's supposed to have ambitions or we're about to get to them just in a minute, but it's been 11 years since United won the league. It's been 16 years since they won the champions league. It's even been eight since they won the FA cup. Like this is not a team that is steeped in recent glories. They're steeped in the past, but they've spent the money to continue to bring in titles and they've spent so much and returned so little that they now find themselves locked into some, uh, some financial fair play problems. Hopefully Ratcliffe can sign this for them. I know it's hilarious that they keep failing, but they've got to improve. This they've got to get the Glazers out of there. They got to have the team stop taking the dividend to suck it out of them to put them in these problems, and they got to get a return on some of these guys they buy. So of all the teams, like Chelsea gets a lot of focus in this area, City gets a lot of focus in this area, Everton's fallen afoul lately. But the team that really needs to focus on their finances, so they actually get a return for what they're doing, is the uh, folks up at United. Yeah, well, I think their other resolution should be to shoot Anthony into the sun. That would be my other one for them. I don't know. It, it kind of dovetails if like he can take his wages and like retroactively pull that transfer fee back for him. It sort of fits in your resolution, but I just that would be mine. That would my mind for United. Sure. So the uh the third most popular resolution that people make is to improve their mental health. Uh and in terms of mental health. Come on, Spurs. I mean, come on, guys. Like, are you a big club or not? We've covered this in the past, but are you guys actually going to remain or uh, fit in with the rest of the big six? Because it is pathetic 
when you guys go out and you do these like moral victories of not changing your formation when you're down two men and you like died on your shield losing 4-1 to Chelsea like come on what are we doing here and like if you're going to be a team that's going to try to match everybody else then you've got to match them they still need to spend that cane money they still need to buy somebody besides Turbo Timo in order to support the club they still need to take advantage of why they still have Son and these other guys that are making them competitive they're fifth are they going to be in title race are they going to compete for Champions Leagues? Are they going to bring home any glory whatsoever? Or are they going to be a mid-table club? And like either way, stop telling me about these Pyrrhic victories because you were you kept the Highline press going when you were down two men. Uh, I ride or die with Ange, uh, so like I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna touch this one. I want 20 Ange Pascalos managing the Premier League. That that's just what I want. I am the Joker from the Dark Knight. Give me chaos, Toby. Give me when you're down eight men, press. Just send sure. them all forward. Yeah. Just go. Let's open up. Let's make this the Bundesliga. Let's do it. Give me chaos. I'll ride or die with Ange. <laughs> That's so dumb. That's so dumb. You, you said a lot of dumb things in three years together, but that would make like you you like the Mount Rushmore's. You like the like, oh, what's the top four things of this and that? That is on the Mount Rushmore of dumb things you have said on this program. I will That's tell you a pretty that we we want to slow down. I've made lots of bold proclamations that have not come to fruition. We might have to go back and parse through. Thankfully, I'm the producer of the show. So I'm just gonna be like, oh, tell me we lost all those clips and be saying dumb things. That's but- fine when you're Brentford or when you're Brighton or when you're not in forest. Not when you actually claim that you should be a team that should be winning the league. I mean, they're in London. They have a proud history. They have a great stadium. They have access to huge revenue sources among the tops in the world. And your solution is press when you're down to eight men because it's fun. Like, are they a real club or not? You're part of the problem, not part of the solution. The uh, fourth. I'm just here for the chaos, Toby. That's all I'm here for. Sure, that's why you're not actually a fan of theirs. You like don't mind yeah. if they oh 100 percent If I was a fan of Spurs, we'd be having an entirely different conversation about the team right now. <laughs> there you go. The uh the fourth most popular is to lose weight. And I'm gonna go the opposite here. Uh I think Newcastle needs to gain weight. I think they need to start sitting back, playing a more defensive style, not give up <laughs> seven plus XG to Liverpool in a league match. Like maybe run around a little less, maybe pack the box a little bit more. Maybe go back to like this uprising counterpunching squad rather than whatever the hell you guys are trying try to do right now. Take, take a few plays off. Just put up a clean sheet or two by parking the bus. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, whatever stops the bleeding, if it's parking the bus, they might want to do it because, man, this has been a crazy free fall for that club. Yeah. All right. Well, those are the four. I don't remember what was fifth. I didn't keep going down the list, but those are my resolutions for Premier League clubs entering into 2024. I like them. I like them. You missed shooting Anthony in the sun, but other than that, they were perfect. Cool. All right. Well, let's give Caesars a little bit of love and see if we can come back and keep December Brett rolling with these picks. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full the word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after 
qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, we are back. And as mentioned earlier, we are going to have to do things a little bit different. We do have two league games to get into, but then we will cover the League Cup semifinals, which means we will be doing Liverpool twice in a row. First time on this show that we've done one team, two games in one show. This is going to be fun. Uh, But let's go ahead and start at Arsenal. They are fourth at 40 points versus Crystal Palace, 14th at 21 points. This game is Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Caesars has Arsenal minus 340, Palace not plus 900, and the draw plus 425. Arsenal on the adjusted total, minus one and a half is minus 110. Crystal Palace is minus 120. So, Brett, this is the first Arsenal League game of the year. Their only action so far in 2024 was to get knocked out of the FA Cup. Um, and uh, by Liverpool. So they haven't had a chance to kind of rise or fall outside of the action around them. But as a result of partly the layoff, but also a poor run of form, they have not won a game in over a month now. The holidays were a complete disaster for them. And I think of all the teams uh, that was looking forward to winter break, they needed the restart the most. Although there were some, there is some bright side once you dig into the data a little bit, which I'm sure you have done. The 2-0 loss to West Ham was completely against the run of play, and they hung tight with league leaders Liverpool in that draw they got, uh, and they beat them in XG in the FA Cup game despite losing 2-0. So a lot of mixed results for Arsenal lately, poor on the standings, not as bad when you dig into the data. You like to look at both, so what are your thoughts on this club right now? I mean, they haven't really changed much. Um, I still think it's like a coin flip between them and Liverpool, although and part of me wants to give them the edge just because Liverpool is going to be without Salah and Trent Alexander-Arnold for a little bit here. Um, uh, It's just it's hard to get past their defending. They're so good defensively. Like, it's always going to give them such a high floor. And I think, you know, the chance creation stuff on that end, the goal for these teams is to what, you know, they want to create the best chances and limit the best chances on the other end. They're still doing that. So the, the points are going to fall. I think here soon, I think it's going to be a punch for punch thing with Liverpool, depending on uh, where they finish um, this match against palace, I think sets up really well for them too. Uh, you know, palace basically has two attackers. Roy Hodgson has like zero ambition with how this palace team plays. We've covered that recently as well. Um, so I, I actually do like Arsenal on the adjusted spread here. I think, like you said, I think this break was good for them to kind of reset. They didn't have these, like, you know, this panic mode of 
they lose these matches where they're out creating their opponents. Everybody's going nuts. What's wrong with Arsenal? Because the season's been so choppy in January here, I think it was like the best time they could have had to have two big matches go against the run of play because it wasn't the next day's talking point leading into the next, you know, the midweek game or the week next weekend game that we've had everything so spaced out and there's transfer rumors everywhere that like it was a good time for them to kind of lose in the shuffle, basically. Yeah. And I think that uh, just like they benefited from taking the break, I'm, I get a benefit in trying to handicap them by not watching them for a couple of weeks because you start to reset like, oh, this is going wrong. Like they lost this game to West Ham. They lost this game to Liverpool. They must be really fading. It's like, no, when you actually take some time away, you don't, you're not like into it every three days and you look at them again. I ended up in the same place that you did in terms of uh, analyzing them. They are either the best or the second best defense in the league, depending on the metric. I There obviously do some regression to the mean and the mean says they are a much better team than Crystal Palace who only have two wins since October 1st Brett two wins since October 1st let that sink in that is quite sad um so then it's just a question of where you want to take them do you want to take them on just the money line or you want to adjust it and this is where I am going to be a little bit more conservative than you uh, Arsenal really have a challenge in converting right now they're lacking a true threat up front and Jesus seems to be a little bit banged up so I just can't get to the adjusted line like you did. So I'm going to stick to the boring money line, and we'll look for something to pair it with to spice it up. And you can probably guess what I am pairing it with. That would be one Martin Odegaard shot on target. <laughs> Play the hits, baby. Arsenal win plus Odegaard shot on target is minus 105. That's where I'm going with this match. Yeah, I'm uh, just leaning into the Arsenal defense on this one. So you got your boy Odegaard just smashing shots at goalkeepers or the goal frame. Um, I'm just relying on one of the best defenses in the world. I got Arsenal winning to nil minus 135. Uh, It's actually probably my favorite bet of the week this week. Um, You know, Elise, the other thing when we talk about Crystal Palace is Michael Elise is rumored uh, with, it's been connected to Liverpool. It's been connected to United, like city. City's city's jumping in as well. So, like, here's this kid that's got transfer rumors all, you know, circling around. He almost left in the window. Chelsea was sniffing around him, I think, over the summer. Um, I, I mean, that's one of their two best players. And now he's in the middle of a transfer saga again. And this this Palace team has, like, no room for air there. Yeah. Um, so I think with with one of your two best players basically kind of maybe having his head somewhere else, it's just a bad matchup going against Arsenal's fantastic defending. Yeah, and they're missing Ayu as well. So like they're they're got holes all over the place, whether they be physical or mental. Although I will say, like the only time they've gotten smashed, like this is like a Roy Hodgson special, just not in the face. Like they got smashed by Newcastle four to nil. But otherwise, like they haven't got blown out this year. Yeah. They even drew with City last month. So it's the other reason I want to stay away from the adjusted line. I do like uh the win to nil over the adjusted line if you're trying to compare which one you want to take. Yeah, absolutely. I would rubber. I'm rubber stamping that comment right there for sure. All right. Well, let's get into a Liverpool double dip. We're going to start with Bournemouth, 12th at 25 points versus Liverpool. Top of the table, baby, 45 points, Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Liverpool is minus 140. Bournemouth is plus 320. The draw is plus 320. Caesars has Liverpool minus half a goal, so not adjusted. Stays at 140. Bournemouth is plus 110. And as you mentioned earlier in the show, and we alluded to last week, this is the team most hurt by AFCON simply by having Mo Salah absent. And Mo Salah hurt his hamstring in Egypt's game today. So not only are they missing him because of the tournament, we don't know if that's going to be extended absence as of taping time. I know he walked off, but hamstring injuries are super scary in terms of how long they might linger. Uh, Silvaslai is also doubtful. Endo is unavailable because he's at the Asian Games. So this is a team like really depleted. And Solanke does appear to be on track to start for Bournemouth. I know he uh, had some questions about his health, but it looks like he's going to play. So, Brett, last time we did see Liverpool in the league, they put up that 7XG on Newcastle we were talking about earlier, perhaps buried Newcastle for the entire season. And I'm going to say something really dumb right now. Maybe not as dumb as what you said earlier, (laughs) but still pretty dumb. Uh, Since they do sit on top of the table – I didn't fully realize how strong their run in the league has been this season. Even though they sit on top of the table, it's still like more impressive once you like take the two weeks since I've seen them play and dug into it. They have not lost 
a game since October 8th. Like that is how long they've gone without dropping all three points. It's nuts. Like every team has a slip up here and there, but not them. They've consistently generated results for three consecutive months now. And so despite the absences, I don't see the next loss coming to Bournemouth, even with their recent run of success. So I'm still going to take pool here, even with all the absences. Their next loss is going to be to Chelsea or it's going to be to Arsenal. It will not be to this team. And if we are going to have a title race, they have to have this game. So I look forward to watching you talk yourself into the fighting Solankis here. But this is another game where I feel like I'm betting from a clear head after not watching them for a couple of weeks. And I'm going to take them on that minus 140 number. Yeah, uh, you got me pegged, man. We've been doing the show too long. Uh, I'm taking Bournemouth plus the point five goals at plus one fifteen. I and and this is going to be a thing with Liverpool that I'm I'm kind of going to be making a trend bet here. One, I think we cannot underestimate the impact that losing Mo Salah and Trent Alexander Arnold is going to have on this team. Alexander Arnold has been incredible in terms of progressing the ball, creating chances, getting the ball into the final third, getting the ball into the box. Mo has been uh, a little bit shifting back towards the creative role more so in this point of his career, but he's also ramped up his shots lately. He's clearly one of the best goal scorers in Premier League history. Like you can't take these two guys off a team. And even with the attacking depth that's helped them with their run of form to this point, I just, I can't get my head there that that this is not going to be a huge dip in performance for them coming up over the next couple of weeks because those two players are just two of the best probably five players in the Premier League, at least in terms of generating chances and getting the ball into dangerous areas. Um, so and, and I've been really impressed with what uh, Ariel's done at, at Bournemouth, like this this turnaround kind of mid, I don't know, middle quarter of the season um, has been really impressive. And you mentioned Slocky, like this is a former Liverpool guy and he's kind of floated around. Like this is a cool little story. I mean, he's like 24, 25 now, and he's just kind of finding his stride and becoming one of the better attackers in the Premier League. And he might move back up to a bigger club uh, at some point soon here. Um, So it's probably a testament just to like, getting minutes played you know at pretty decent levels of soccer over the last little bit and he's finally come in and th- and you're going to be proud of my prop bet though because i'm going to bring trendy into this again and this is my this is my heater pick for liverpool for a while now it's going to be but i'm going to take the under of their the total goals in their matches until those two players are both yep. back on the pitch and so i am taking the under of three and a half goals and minus 155 I'm really skeptical of that number just because Bournemouth's been so much better defensively over the last like eight to 10 matches. Uh, and I am definitely skeptical of that number because Liverpool are, are losing two of the best attackers in the Premier League. I also had the under in this match for the exact same reason. So you say we've been doing the show too long together. I predicted your bet and I replicated it without us even communicating. (laughs) Uh, Let's see if we can find something to disagree with in the other Liverpool match though. So in the League Cup, which uh, we have a two-legged semifinal, and these games are going to be Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. We'll start with Liverpool since we're already talking about them. They are playing Fulham in the second leg of the League Cup. This game is Wednesday at 3 p.m., and Poole is winning right now 2-1 to one on the aggregate, which is really important in how we analyze and handicap this game. So uh, the numbers I'm going to give you at first are the 90-minute numbers that are up over at Caesars, Liverpool. And what I mean by that, just if you're tuning in for the first time, when you have uh, cup games, elimination games, they could go to extra time. They could go to penalties, but the lines that are posted, unless, you know, kind of especially denoted or for the results at the end of 90 minutes. So you don't get credit for an anytime goal and extra time or anything like that. Uh, So Liverpool is minus 140. Fulham is plus 320. The draw is plus 300. Liverpool minus half a goal is minus 135. Fulham is plus 105. Now, this is a little bit different. To qualify, so just saying they're going to advance to the finals no matter how they do it, whether it's a nil-nil draw and they advance on aggregate, whether they do it in extra time, whether they do it in penalty, it doesn't matter. This bet cashes. Pool is minus 1,200 in that bet. Fulham is plus 600. Uh, so, Brett, does the fact that they're already up 2-1 change your mind of how you're handicapping this game? Or are you still like, they can't score, they're missing too many players, give me the under and, and you know, maybe even the other side? I am taking the under. 
Uh, that one you got for sure. I'm taking the under two and a half goals in this match at plus 125. Um, I am I am still taking Liverpool, though, just because the Fulham inspires the opposite of me than Bournemouth. Bournemouth's rise is real. There's the underlying performance is backed what they are doing. There's clearly something in, is going on with the way that Ariola is getting his points across. His team is defending differently because it's not it's, it hasn't been a big personnel change with them. Fulham overachieved on the numbers last year. They're doing it again this year. You just look at that Fulham roster and nobody inspires you on that team. At least Bournemouth has like Solanke and you can be like, oh, they got a, you know, probably a top end Premier League striker. The ghost of William will haunt the Premier League forever. Well, in this but they case, made the semis. Like they made the semis of all it's these a, It's League. a knockout tournament though. We talk about this through the World Cup and the Champions League. Like random stuff happens in these events. Uh, Liverpool like has weirdly been kind of going for this. Um, so I, I'm taking it the minus at the, on the money line. Like I, I just don't trust Fulham. I never feel good putting my money on Fulham and being like Alex Awobi. Go get it done for me, buddy. <laughs> I like you already mentioned it. They seem to be going for it. So this is a game they don't have to have. But once you make the semis and you're yeah, defending you're... the two one legal aggregate, you might as well go for it. So I think they're going to play all of their guys. And if they're going to play all of their guys, I think we're going to see a really interesting tactical matchup. I think partly what happens on uh, over the weekend will will affect this, right? Like, can guys go back to back nineties? Which one are they going to? Uh, prefer like defending the top of the table versus going after this league cup. So I think we'll know a little bit more after we see the weekend action play out, but I think we're going to see their, their first choice of available players, but I'm going to do something, Brett. I don't think I've done. I don't remember. I can't remember. Maybe you remember. When was the last time I took a draw on a match? I don't think you've ever done this. You've I think I might draw. I am taking the draw. I am the taking cowards the draw. Went out for Toby for the taking, first time. A, but it's not a coward. It's a knockout tournament. It's not a coward's way out. Screenshot. Screenshot. I want to see this. I need to this capture this Liverpool, moment. This is Liverpool to advance at plus 300. So, like, this isn't a typical draw bet. And okay. so, like, because they're defending it on Technicalities. Lawyer this up. Okay. I don't need to lawyer a goddamn thing. I just need to apply, like, basic logic and math. Like, people can do that without a JD. I encourage you to try. <laughs> like zero zero and one one that they still advance and they don't need to really go after this match. Why would they go after this match without TAA and without Salah? Like they could sit back, just defend the goal, take a nil nil game and advance to the final. And so like, not only am I going to take the draw and you know, I, I like zero zero one one. Like I don't see any reason this game should get outside of that. So your under bet looks really good, but I'm going to play my props right into this game script. The highest score scoring half second. The second half is the highest scoring half after we see a nil-nil damp squid of a first half. And then Fulham has to fully chase the game because they have to get a goal, which opens themselves up to Liverpool's counter that even without Salah, they have shown themselves to be world-class at under Klopp. And you get a goal on either side, minus 105. So I really like that one. Liverpool first half goal, no, is plus 120. Just defend. Defend all you want, maybe hit them on a counter, but they don't have to try to take the game to them. So I like this one in a plus number of them not scoring in the first half. And if you really like that and you like these two narratives together, the half of uh, the first Liverpool goal in the second half, that is a tasty plus 220. Just defend until Fulham throws everything at them, they counter, and you get out there at over two to one. Yeah, I mean, I I, I am with the logic fully as far as uh, Liverpool's ambitions in this match. The only thing I will say as far as them drawing is Ben Doak would still probably be the best and most exciting tack around Fulham. And he's like a sort of fun Liverpool prospect that makes some Euro Europa League appearances here and there. So I, I think that even with their C squad, Liverpool can kind of come out and still roll this Fulham team. That's how little I think of the, the talent collection there at Fulham, um, which of course means that, you know, Fulham's going to win like four one now, but uh, I, I do like your logic. I think it's a, a great, a, a great um, point that Fulham is going to chase this match in a way that they probably normally wouldn't in a premier league match because this is a cup match. Yeah. So the second half being the highest scoring match, them throwing people forward, getting super aggressive with their passing, their pressing, whatever it is. That's a great point because in a premier league match, Fulham would be more than happy to just take the point, walk away from Liverpool, you know, wash their hands of it and move on. So I love 
that logic behind that pick. There you go. All right. You see, I got there. You didn't even have to spend a hundred grand on a JD to get to the same place, Brett. <laughs> well, you know, Toby, I love I love when you do new things on this show, though. It gets whenever you say the phrase, I'm doing something new here, you have no idea how excited I get. <laughs> I'm always like on the edge of my seat being like, wait, how is he gonna like put an Odegaard shot on target bet with an over for corner bets? <laughs> how is this gonna work? <laughs> All right. Well, I, I finally broke my duck after three years and took a draw, but it took a cup game of a <laughs> second leg with very specific of, a, circumstances. Of, of the league cup between a depleted <laughs> Liverpool and a full strength Fulham to actually finally get to a draw. <laughs> oh, hey, we got there somehow. Got there it took somehow. a perfect storm, but we got there. So the other game is going to be Tuesday at 3 p.m. And this would be Chelsea versus Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough is winning 1-0 on aggregate right now. I cannot believe I am saying that about a mid-table championship <laughs> team against a team that just spent a billion dollars, but here we are. Um, Caesars has Chelsea at minus 425 to win this game, despite being down 1-0, or maybe because they're down 1-0. Middlesbrough is plus 1,000. The draw is plus 475. Chelsea minus a goal and a half is minus 140. Middlesbrough is plus 110. Chelsea would need to win by that goal and a half in order to advance without going to extra time or penalties. Uh, to qualify, Chelsea is minus 275. Middlesbrough is plus 200. So there's some really interesting math in all this. Like they kind of have to like, do you like them to cover the two or do you like the qualify bet? Doesn't the qualify bet somewhat subsume that they are going to win by two? Like how are you even handicapping this? Uh, I'm mostly handicapping it by the fact that we've poked fun at the ineptitude of Sheffield, Burnley, Luton Town, and Middlesbrough fans would murder a drifter for Sheffield United success. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the way that I look at this. I mean, RIP to the 538 global soccer rankings that stopped updated, I think, in like the middle of the summer in 2023. But Middlesbrough was like the 133rd ranked club in the world. Uh, Chelsea, even with this tailspin, was like in the 20s. Um, so yeah. you're talking about a massive, massive gap. Like Sheffield is a clearly better club than Middlesbrough, and we make fun of Sheffield for potentially being one of the worst Premier League teams that we've ever seen. So that's the way that I, I do it, and I loved the adjusted line on this one here. I just think, you know, the, the, the situation, Chelsea just needs to win every match. There's going to be a huge amount of urgency to get this win. So I took the minus two and a half and just was like, yeah, uh, this is – to me, this is a no-brainer. I don't care about Chelsea's dysfunction. Like, unless you're a big Johnny Housen guy, uh, I'm. There's nothing about Middlesbrough that I can even look at and say, uh, yeah, that's going to be the thing that they do well. <laughs> well, they just clean sheeted them last match, right? And so, like, Chelsea really, truly, epically struggles against park buses, and we might see 15 guys behind the ball. We might see fans <laughs> laying across right the now. goal line. Like, yeah. we don't have any idea how many people are going to be in that box. And so, like, that's what they're facing, and they're going to have to find something to unlock it. Like, I don't know exactly what it's going to be, right? Like, unless Broha, like, serves himself as a proper target man, and they finally play some fullbacks as fullbacks, which would be wonderful, and they whip crosses in, and they're able to beat them on headers, like, that would be great. Otherwise, we're talking about what we're usually talking about. We're talking about Raheem Sterling dribbling at somebody and forcing a dangling leg or Cole Palmer trying to unpick a lock. And Palmer struggled in the League Cup game last uh, last time. All that being said, I'm still also taking Chelsea because I just I can't live with myself and not taking them against a mid-table championship squad. But I'm legitimately nervous because I think they would have to score twice here in order for this bet to, to cash in the 90 minutes. And even if they score once, I don't think Middleborough is going to move out of the position because like their best chance to win this is either a miraculous clean sheet or penalties. And so like even if it becomes 1-1 on aggregate, I don't expect them to open up and try to go get one themselves, which is why my prop bet is uh, my favorite bet of the entire week. And I was shocked at this. Middlesbrough under 0.5 goals. 
So Chelsea clean sheets them. By the way, I'm not even taking Chelsea clean sheet win because this could be nil-nil and I still win this bet. And it's plus money. It's plus 110 for Middlesbrough not to score in this match. And I don't see the scenario outside of a against the run of play, like jailbreak counter where Chelsea threw 11 guys forward in the 90th minute where Middlesbrough actually scores. So to get plus number against such a narrow scenario all day, super happy with that bet. Yeah, I, I it's funny. We're actually on complete opposite sides of the prop bet here because I I would take I am taking the over of the Middlesbrough 0.5 goals at minus 140 because I see I'll book a couple, it for you. Uh, I'll see a couple of scenarios where this could this could actually occur. And one is I think Chelsea's going to come out on the front foot in this match and there could be that random fluke early counter goal that you talked about. And the other one is I see Liverpool or Chelsea coming on the front foot of this match getting two, three goals before halftime. And then it's Middlesbrough just throwing the kitchen sink, doing whatever they can, because this is their season. Like they're 10th in the championship. They're, you know, they could sneak into the back end of the championship playoffs, but like beating Chelsea, getting this, uh, getting this win in this cup competition, like this would be the Liverpool decade or the Middlesbrough decade. Like I couldn't even probably describe what it would mean for them to get past this point. And so I think there is going to be, if Chelsea's got three goals or four goals or whatever it is, there is that letdown where they're going to throw everything forward because they're still trying to get something from the match. And then they nick a goal that way as well. Let me tell you something that's epically sad, Brett. This is also Chelsea season. Like, I don't think we're winning the FA cup. We're obviously not like going to qualify for the Champions League outside of a miracle. And like, this is incredibly sad for like a proud team. Locking in European football by winning the League Cup is material. Having a trophy lift and trying to like change the voodoo around this team is material. Like, this is also Chelsea season, as not as much as it's Middlesbrough, but not as far off as you think it is. Well, it's Chelsea season, and I think it's Middlesbrough's decade. So that, I mean, not that you ever want to be that close as far as the resources the club that Chelsea has, but I totally get it. And that's part of the reason why I think there's going to be a ton of aggressiveness and pressure early to just try to stampede this team. And that can go one of two ways for Chelsea. You could definitely result in like a three or two nil win, or it could be the fluke random Chelsea's Murphy's loss season keeps going. All right. Well, if you want to try to get a couple million bucks, let's go ahead. I'll book it for you. Billsboro's not scoring in this game. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm going to just be betting it with your monies at the start of the show. I did say uh, I'm going to need to borrow some money from you. And by borrow, I just mean keep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's get a couple bucks from our sponsors. Give them a little love and come back with our study abroad segment. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Brett. Uh, we had to dig a little bit deep. We had to get down into the crates to find some gold in the Premier League teams. I think we got four good games. Felt good about that segment. But we have a real great game abroad, which is down in the Bundesliga, which is always fun to visit. And for once in this show's history, and maybe the first time in Bundesliga history, it does not feature Bayern Munich. We are going off script and going with RB Leipzig at fourth at 33 points versus top of the table league leaders Bayer Leverkusen first at 45 points. This game is Saturday at 12.30 p.m. Leipzig is plus 145. Leverkusen is plus 165. The draw is plus 260. Leipzig minus half a goal. Is plus 130 at Caesar. So little tip there. If you're gonna bet the money, if you're gonna bet Leipzig uh, to win, bet the money line and not the minus five, because that is a 15-point spread. Sorry, Caesars for pointing that out. 
Leverkusen is minus 170. So we've talked about uh, Leipzig when they played Bayern earlier in the year, but we have not paid any attention to one of the greatest stories in all of soccer right now, 20 plus games in, which is Leverkusen over Bayern in the Bundesliga. They feature Zabi Alonso, legend as coach, and they have a $100 million man, a new 20-year-old starlet in the Bundesliga. What can go wrong with that? That always translates well in Florian... uh, let me see if I get this right. Florian Wurtz. Did I get the, did I get yeah. the journey right? Uh, he's going to be 130, 150, like new Jude Bellingham. Hopefully he's not the new Kai Hazards. He's been compared to, and Hazard has been compared to Thomas Mueller. Um, but whatever he is, he's helping lead them right past everybody else in Germany right now. Uh, they also have Palacios from Argentina, who's probably been their best player, even better than Wurtz. Uh, but they're missing some key guys in this match, Brad. They're missing Bonifacio. It looks like he's going to be injured. He's their leading scorer. And they've got three guys, three uh, three guys who are heavy contributors all over at AFCON. They also, fun for Premier League fans who've been listening to the show for a couple of years, it's a Xhaka sighting. Xhaka has been starting at the midfield for Leverkusen this year. So you've got to be over the moon about this team, right? Like they're a bit of an analytical darling. They're a bit of a hipster uh, dream come true. And they're taking down big, bad Byron in the Bundesliga. How are they doing? Doing it, and do you think they're legit? Uh, I definitely think they're legit. Um, I, the, you know, this isn't even because they're an analytics darling. I love this team because I think for the same reason why most of us would. Everybody's tired of Byron walking through the Bundesliga and winning every title. Like, yeah. I just want to see a team take them down. Um, and, you know, granted, Jack has been great for them. Uh, you mentioned Florian Wirtz, and he is, you know, the just been awesome. He's, he's not a traditional, you know, um, attacker in the sense that he's wowing us with his goal scoring. He's a, like a super creative, fun player to walk. You talk about Cole Palmer picking locks. I mean, that's the kind of player that Burtz is, um, you know, they play this, uh, uh, you know, this back three with wing backs and, uh, Alex Grimaldo, who was over at Benfica for a while. And I've always appreciated him. I thought he was a pretty underrated player over there. Um, they have, uh, Jeremy Frimpong, on the other side. And, you know, you mentioned Bonifacio has been great and he's out and he's, he's going to be missing this match, but you know, Patrick Schick uh, was the, like, I think it was the Euro darling for the Czech Republic. I've always liked Chick. I think I thought he was always one of the, the more underrated strikers uh, in the big five leagues here. And, you know, he's always had pretty impressive and pretty good underlying numbers. Um, so he's stepping right into that empty uh, role right there by Bonifacio. So I don't actually don't even think that they're going to lose that much in the attack. Um, they're a weird team stylistically. Like they have a ton of high turnovers, but their passes per defensive actions, like pretty middle of the pack. Um, so it's like an interesting stylistic way that they play as well. Um, I can't really square it. And you kind of have to watch and play to like, just appreciate the way that it makes sense sort of for them. Um, but this is a super fun team. Like they're fun to watch. I, they have a cool like story with the, the chance to upset Byron, which everybody wants. Everybody wants Leverkusen to beat Byron. And, you know, they have a, one of the most exciting young up and coming players in the big five leagues. Like this is, this is a great story. Like you don't even have to care about analytics or anything like that. Like this is just fun to see this team do this. Um, Their dominance is kind of city-like, right? Like they're second in goals per match in the Bundesliga and they're first in goals conceded. Like they're on top of both of the most important statistics. Uh, You mentioned 538 shutting down, like pour one out. That's really sad. We haven't talked about that enough. Uh, I've started trying to use the Opta World rankings as the the substitute for that. And they're currently eighth in the Opta World rankings. So this is not smoke and mirrors. Like they've now done this over enough time. They they look like legit contenders to the throne. Yeah, I mean, and, and listen, like pretty much every time there's been a, a, a challenge to Bayern, you know, it's been a team that's had middling underlying numbers that was sort of taking advantage of Bayern just not uh, matching up to theirs. Now, Byron has still been incredibly dominant. They've been getting a little bit unlucky, but Leverkusen's uh, XG90 is plus uh, plus 1.16. I mean, this is an impressive team. Like, this is a good, good soccer club right here. Like, this team is legit. 
all the way through. They're not as good as Byron. They're going to need a little bit of luck to hold on to this win. They're going to need Byron to kind of keep tripping over themselves a little bit. But, like, this team is good. If if this is not, like, you know, kind of the maybe the year that, like, Lil bit PSG where, like, they were just, like, sort of, like, pretty good and PSG just, like, tripped over themselves and Lille kind of took advantage of it. Like, this is a good team that's trying to catch, you know, one of the – you know, monsters in club soccer. So this is great. They're going to play Leipzig, which Leipzig is not the same team, but this match. They're not a pushover. Leipzig's not not a pushover. And that same Opta World ranking, they're 13th right now. They're led by uh, Javi Simons, who's on loan from PSG. He's supported by Appenda and Raum. They get no more help from Turbo Timo. He shipped off to uh, Tottenham, though I don't know how much help he was before that. So like this is this is a legit game. Like this is unlike some of the other like times we you know get into these matches without some of the uh the capital brand name soccer world behemoths. This isn't just for you know just like the hipsters. This is an awesome soccer match. Yeah, and you mentioned Openda, like he's another guy, you know, young Belgian attacker. I think he's 22 or 23. Um, you know, he's he's good, he's legit. Um, I I have questions, I'm a little bit of uh, skeptical of Leipzig just because when they've been in Europe and when they've played Byron, they have not looked good. Byron's smashed him in terms of like the chances created. Manchester City smashed him in terms of the chances created. Um, they've kind of like every time they've come up against one of the teams that I think is like the level of Leverkusen, they haven't done well, well and then they've kind of beat up on the minnows. And I think yeah. that's why their underlying numbers have looked better than the the way I feel about this team. Um, you know, because, you know, part of the thing too is like they struggled a little bit against young boys as well in the Champions League. So, yeah. you know, this is this team doesn't seem to match. The, the eye test definitely does not match the underlying numbers for me. Well, they, they beat Dortmund last month, so at least they had one quality win. And I think they are capable of winning this match. But the value in the betting lines just isn't there. Like Leverkusen is a better team that is more talented, that's having a better season, that's had a better showing in big matches, as you've already pointed out. They're 12 points above them on the table, and they haven't lost yet. Leverkusen has not lost yet. They have not lost in any competition all season, which is bananas. And somehow they're underdogs here. Like there's, they're not on the right side of the short line. So I don't know how you say rat line in German, but I'm going to bite. Give me Leverkusen <laughs> plus 165. Yeah. I, I'm taking them on the money line as well. Um, you know, and, and part of the thing too, is I think six of their last seven, uh, seven matches, uh, which included a match against Dortmund, the only team to create more than one expected goals worth of chances was Stuttgart. And they've like, this is rare. Like this is really rare in the Bundesliga to see a team like peak city style, like eliminating chances. Like the Bundesliga is a crazy league full of transitions. Like even the good defensive teams are generally giving up pretty decent chances and they are like suffocating teams right now. And I just don't have enough faith in uh, the Leipzig attack uh, to to break them down enough to get enough goals to win. So I'm with you on the money line. I'm kind of with you in the sense that I I think it's a rat line too because I keep looking at the numbers and the numbers are like, yeah, these teams are basically even. Like, don't don't take a money line here. But it's uh, I I just think Leverkusen's better. This is a pure eye test for me watching them, and maybe it's me just like getting excited about them, or maybe I'm a closet. Granite Jaka stand. I just didn't know it until this year. Um, but I, I'm with you all the way on the money line. So we are going to ride or die together on that one. What are you doing on the prop side? Uh, the prop side, I'm going with my boy Schick. Um, I, like I said, I think he is, he's had some injury issues. And then obviously, with Bonafasse coming in, you know, basically kind of grabbing hold of the striker role, you know, he was pushed a little bit to the side as well. I'm taking him as an anytime goal scorer plus 160. Um, he is going to be playing striker for them. He always has generated shots and good underlying numbers whenever he's played. Um, I, like I told you, you know, he had that big breakout in the Euros, uh, which we have our uh, Euros coming up this this summer, by the way, which I completely forgot about. Um, but I, I like Schick as an anytime goal scorer. I mean, obviously, if I'm betting Leverkusen money line, they need to score goals, and I think he's the guy that's going to do it for him. 
So, Brett, I don't curse very often on this show. I try to do you the courtesy. I try to keep it clean. Want to not have uh, not have too much like bleeping in our shows. I know people listen with their kids, so I apologize. I'm about to curse. Uh, you've been warned at home if your your kids are in the car. So you know that period after school where like the wedding circuit starts to kick up and it's guys that you know you've you've been with for a while and you don't see each other, you're in different cities, and suddenly you're back at weddings and it's super fun. Uh I was sharing a hotel room with one of my really good friends in, in one of these like post-school weddings. And uh, we had a fridge in our room and it's where all the beer happened to be. So like after the rehearsal dinner or wherever, uh, whatever it was, it was the night before the wedding. We Everybody wanted to keep partying. We hadn't seen each other for a while. We wanted to keep drinking. So I go into my room uh, to, to retrieve the alcohol. And my friend is uh, caught him in the act, caught him in the act with somebody that we went to school with. Uh, they weren't an item in school, but they apparently were for this one night. And so we grab the beer, we go outside, we sit back in the courtyard. About 25, 30 minutes later, the the, the newfound couple comes out and, uh, you know, a little bit red in the face. Like, we know what happened in there. And so a little bit of, like, teasing commences. And the woman, I give all the credit in the entire world to uh, because a little bit of teasing came her way and she just pivoted on somebody and goes, do you think I came all this way to finger? And that is how I feel about the Bundesliga. I don't watch the Bundesliga for nil-nil games. I did not come here for no action. I am taking the over blindly in every single Bundesliga game that I'm ever going to watch because I did not come there for that uh, for that act. I am taking not only the over, I am taking the adjusted over, Brett. Ooh. Give me Three and a half goals in the plus money, plus 145. These teams are second and third in the Bundesliga in goals per match. They combine for five on average. Let's do this just like a post-college wedding. I I have to say that I'm always a buzzkill. I think in almost every study abroad, I've taken some form of like a clean sheet or an under team not to score. And I love the fact that you're the end of my yang and you are taking <laughs> you are taking overs and, and hoping that for these big study abroad games, they are going off the rails. And I, I am hoping you're right. I am more than happy to be like, yes, make this game go nuts but because it's good for my prop bet anyways. If Schick's going to score, you know, there's five or six goals in the match. He's got to get one of them. So let's do it. Let's ride. I am way too lazy to look at it up, but I bet you if you look through my Caesars history and I just bet blind overs on Bundesliga actions just because I wanted something to bet on like a Sunday morning, I think <laughs> I've done better on that than every single five-point like category I've ever given out here, except for maybe Rashford anytime goals and Odegaard shots on target. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that because these games in any league in the world – have the best chance of going off the rails. So I love that you have the optimism that this one is as well. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping it does. I'm actually really looking forward to watching it as well. Man, she was a legend. Uh, so speaking of legends, five pint, Brett, you are up 10.7 to 4.3 after your excellent Cole Palmer led week last week. I am going to be playing catch up, but I'm not going to chase. I'm not going to chase. I'm going to wait for you to fall on your sword. I'm just going to grind out six, seven unit weeks and see if I can catch up that way. So I'm going to go with my favorite bets and I'm not going to start doing crazy things like parlay to try to catch up to you. So I'm going with Middlesbrough under 0.5 goals at plus 110. I'm going with that Leverkusen money line at plus 165. Of course, if I tell that long story and make you bleep out a curse word, I've got to take the over on the 3.5 and Leipzig Leverkusen at plus 145. I'm also going to take Liverpool Fulham highest scoring half second and minus 105 and Arsenal win Odegaard shot on target at a matching minus 105. Yeah, I kind of want to steal that Fulham bet from you because uh, you've talked me into it, but uh, I won't do that. Uh, but you probably know where I'm going to go considering I've said this would be a trendy heater bet on a couple of these. I am taking the under of three and a half goals in Liverpool against Bournemouth. I am taking the under of two and a half goals in Liverpool against Fulham. Uh, I am going to take Chelsea at the minus two and a half. I am minus also, two and a half. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I am taking them on an adjusted line at minus two and a half at plus 155. Uh, wow. and, and I am taking Leverkusen 
at my at the plus 165 rat line here. And then, of course, I mentioned that this is my favorite bet of the entire week. So obviously it's in the fine pint. I am taking Arsenal to win to nil at minus 135 for a pint. So it's my, it's basically all the bets I telegraphed. I said I was going to be uh, on the Liverpool under trend and the, my favorite bet of the week, throwing a little bit at Chelsea because I think they're just going to run through Middlesbrough, even though you have way less faith in them doing that than uh, probably anyone in soccer right now. And then I am biting hard on the Leverkusen money line. And we both, we might be eating that one, but I don't care. I love that team. Go Leverkusen. I just watched Chelsea lose 1-0 in a cup semi to a mid-table championship club. How much confidence should I have? Everton fan. <laughs> yeah, but Everton not really. fan. Yeah, you're not really. I was back fan. in the, I was an Everton fan when Sylvan Diston backpassed in the FA Cup semifinal with a, a Liverpool player. I was an Everton fan then. Oh, he's got the badge out. He is kissing the Chelsea badge right now. Yeah, I never see you kiss an Everton badge on this show. Once you do that, you can talk about being an Everton fan. Yeah, my Everton stuff is definitely way in the back of the closet at this point. Although I'm not in my actual home. <laughs> it's in the back of the closet at home in another state. That's where it is. Well, go buy some more Everton gear. Maybe they won't have the 10 point reductions in the future. I'll buy a distant kit. That's what I'll do. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we've got another weird week. January scheduling isn't the most kind to this program, uh, but we are going to come back. We are going to do FA cup games for next weekend. And so we will not have our usual league slate, but we will cover some of the FA cup action just so we can deliver another show. We look forward to you joining us for our usual interchange of horrible advice backed by expert analysis. Take care, everyone. Yeah.